You are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp, and the newly launched SwordChomp.com. Say relaunched, revamped. Go check it out. Uh, we know life is precious and your time is valuable. So thank you for making our show a part of your day. Hopefully, we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, the Chomp Cast gives you double life experience points. It's true. Every show is streaming and downloadable at swordchomp.com. Swordchomp.com. I can't say that enough. I'm just so excited for people to go there. Uh, Rich has a bunch of reviews, all sorts of new content. You can find all of our podcasts. Really, really, you're going to hear us promoting the hell out of that. Um, um, Morgan, while you're talking about reviews, can I just slip one thing in to make my force myself to do something? Of course. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, there should be a brand new review up right now. And that'll force me to get some work done on Sunday. Otherwise, I'm a liar. <laughs> you've you've mm. threatened your future self. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I'm threatening to make a right. fool of myself. That's true. That's like the scene in The Office where Dwight um, gets a fax from his future self telling him that the coffee's poisoned. I think so. that was more of a prank. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> this is the same spirit. Um, I don't know that it is. <laughs> Swordchomp.com. Go. Uh, uh, and, of course, you can find our shows on iTunes, Spotify, nearly other major every major podcast outlet. Give us a kind five-star rating if you would. Subscribe if you're feeling frisky. And most importantly, go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. We'll talk about that later if you want to you know, support us. Get in on the ground floor. Become a VIP of Chomp Nation. <sighs> a lot. These intros just get longer and longer. When I sat down yesterday to plan the show, uh, I was plucking away at my old classical guitar, waiting for Ghost of Tsushima to download and uh, much like those haunting flashbacks that Ellie has in The Last of Us Part Two, I was reminded of a childhood memory, this haunting of my own. After, you know, as a kid, I was reading piles and piles of uh, EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly magazines, and I decided I want to start writing some of my very own video game reviews. I believe the year was 1998, and I had been heavily playing two masterpieces that needed the good old Morgan review treatment. Those masterpieces, of course, were Rugrats, Search for Reptar, and Cool Borders 3. I mean, let's let's be clear. Those are both gems. Mm-hmm. Gems. Um, I jumped onto my family computer because, you know, as a kid, you had that one special computer in the middle of your living room. The old Famicom? Had. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I You're talking about the Famicom, right? I'm talking about that computer that everyone had to share that, you know, sat in the living room, you know, um, everyone was using the same dial up modem to, uh, to access everything. And you couldn't look at anything dirty because, you know, your mom and dad could probably see you on the computer. Using Microsoft Paint, I labored over text for several hours while inhaling Oreos and whatever the Walmart brand knockoff of Dr. Pepper was called. Um, did you not have word? Uh, I don't, I, I don't think I was a sufficient dragging out text boxes and, and it, paint and, and typing. Yeah. In them. It, it might've been word, but I thought paint would be funnier and mm. weirder. You're so. right. It is funnier. It, it, it just, it just, it raised so many questions. <laughs> it seems like something I would do. It seems like something it, I would that's do. That's just it. Like, I, I'm not questioning that you would do it. I just wanted confirmation. By the way, I Googled it and the Walmart brand Dr. Pepper is called Dr. Thunder. So, I've had Doctor mm-hmm. Thunder before. I've had Doctor Brown's, which I believe is the King Cullen brand. Mm. <laughs> uh, Doctor Thunder's not bad. I'm telling you, Diet Doctor Thunder. That's where it's at. Um, I was delivering that critical thunder, if you know what I mean. Slapped a hearty score of nine point six on Rugrats for the PS One and a nine point <laughs> seven on Cool Borders Three. 
I'm gonna um, look up like the IGN reviews of those games right now, just for comparison. <laughs> yes, you should. Uh, and a few screenshots to the page and printed out my work, my own little pretend two-page gaming magazine. Mm. Um, I was very proud of so those. So wrong. Two- <laughs> they deserve nine point eights. I know. I know. I look back and I just have so much regret. I was such a stickler. Reviewers tilt know? my ass. Um, okay, uh, IGN gave Rugrats the Search for Reptar a 6.5. <laughs> is, is that their only score? That's, uh, the... that's the lowest the IGN scale actually goes. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it stops. That's, so that's basically a 1. Got a 6.8. Um, <laughs> let's see what Cool I Borders 3 got. All right, I'm waiting for it. I want to hear it. Uh, it got I'm a gonna, six. Wait, let me it guess. got it's a six. Oh, a six. Oh, Damn, my. worse. It got worse than the <laughs> Rugrats. So Rugrats: Search of Reptar is the better game than wow. Cool Borders Three. I mean, you, it's no SSX tricky. So let's be honest. Like we got to be a little harsh here. No, that's this is why we need review scores, guys. We couldn't look up this information if there was no archive of of, of numerical uh, value of art to uh, to categorize here. Um, Anyways, I uh, flash forward to the harrowing future days as Sword Chomp moves into the brave new era of reviews. As the topic of the show, uh, Rich is throwing a podcast name here, as we will discuss num- numerical value of art. Yes. Um, we, are, we get the feedback from the at Sword Chomp Instagram community on a bunch of polls regarding to reviews. Now that we have a reviewer, Rich, of course, used to work at Destructoid on board, and we are writing reviews and creating reviews, and it's a big change. And I have some specific comments from our patrons, our our friends and supporters that pay us their hard-earned money, and I want to respond to those personally um, because we care a lot about that community. So it's going to be a really fun show. Um, But, yeah, we're going to talk about some other stuff too, of course. We have a lot of – Instagram polls to discuss that ran this week, like the Ratchet and Clank franchise for Spyro. Uh, could Abby from The Last of Us 2 get that buff? Sour Cream and Onion versus The Field of Chips. I don't even know what the fuck that is. You'll find out. Oogling our ooblets. Uh, the shadowiest of tactics. And more. So you don't want to miss it. Let's get to some introductions here. Should be a fun show. Uh, he wrote reviews for Destructoid. Now he writes reviews for Swordchomp.com. It's uh, EIC of Swordchomp.com. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 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 That's uh, a as the cool. As the only person in the reviews department, <laughs> I've taken the title. Uh, well, look. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just a lackey that gets you your coffee. Um, your metaphorically speaking. Of which, speaking. Where's my coffee? Did you just give yourself a promotion? <laughs> uh, his name, his name is Rich. He's, he's, yeah, he's he, the, he wants he wants to take the title, but I still don't have coffee. Yeah, nobody's doing the job. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The rich. I always thought that'd be a weird thing. Uh, by the way, his name. He's the Rich Meister. Uh, rich is here. Yeah, he gets. I've never had the privilege of getting anyone's coffee oh, for it, for I any job. It's an in, it's an industry thing. Like um, my my good friend Mike, um, who lives in L.A. and he is um. An animator studio called uh, Third Floor. Uh-huh. Um, that's where he started. He was getting ironically he, on the he was fourth a runner. floor. Yeah, ironically <laughs> on the fourth floor. But uh, yeah, that's uh, where he started. Was he was a runner? He would just get people coffee and shit. And now he has worked on things like The Mandalorian, uh, Deadpool Two. Uh, oh, so 
So do you must bug him with all sorts of questions about things. Um, he and I talk about things like that quite a bit because we both have an understanding based off the industries we both worked in, uh, mm-hmm. what we are allowed to tell each other and what we're not. For one thing, um, there are certain things having friends in certain industries we were required to disclose to each other. Uh, he had to tell me he was working on Anthem at one point a couple of years back. Oh, interesting. In case I That's had to cool. review Anthem or something. Uh, I would have to make any editors or anything like that aware that it could be considered a conflict of interest. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're all about integrity here. Uh, even though one patron did not agree with that particular sentiment. Uh, thank you for being here, Rich. It's going to be fun. I think this particular topic is right up our alley. Sadly, of course, Shay Layton is not here, the professor. He took this week off. Um, he was, you know, he, he was doing something important related to, of course, his, his schooling and, uh, the kids that he's teaching. So that it was, he didn't have a, a lot of opportunities to do that because of, of COVID and how it has changed the landscape quite a bit. So he had to, to take this opportunity. I believe it was basketball related and you know how Shay feels about basketball. Uh, it's, he's, he's he obsessed hates, with he basketball. He, he, just, he despises it. When he sees a basketball, he just gets really mad. He's going down there to protest it. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, I learned my lesson, never never pull out a basketball around him. But yeah, so uh, he'll be back next week. Um, and I'm sure he probably doesn't give a shit about reviews anyway, so <laughs> I don't know that's he true. He cares, man, he um, cares. Speaking of not giving shit about reviews, Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan, uh, the one and only... Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Fowler, how are you doing? Pretty good. A little tired. I've been running around all day. Had to go to the store today because didn't have time yesterday to the, the usual store day. So I had to make it to the store, which is already hectic enough. And my wife had a bunch of other stuff that we needed to do really quickly because she's getting ready for uh, a work trip next week that I had to get stuff ready for. Um, oh, does that mean you're going to have like a lot of time to yourself? Because of- no, it means I'm going to have a lot of time with two kids. I was oh, going to say, that's... like you're a parent too, Morgan. What about this makes you think he's going to have time to himself? <laughs> hey, you never know. They could take the kids if it, well, not a well, work trip. That's tough. It depends on what your work is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Welcome. My- you know, Josh. I think it's interesting. You were lamenting before the show that you had to play yet another uh, PlayStation game. Um, instead of just being able to play it on PC, but you are wearing a PlayStation shirt, ironically. Mm-hmm. I have that shirt. <laughs> yeah, you'll notice it's the original PlayStation logo. What? Oh, what? Just uh, you've you've abandoned the modern PlayStation. Did we, t- did we talk about that? How much the guy probably got paid to make the PS5 logo? He's like, I made it a five. Too much. Too much. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about. That I want to talk to that guy. I want to have that guy on a podcast. And talk I want to that guy's job. I'm not entirely sure it wasn't designed by artificial intelligence. Well, that's actually true. You know? Well, they have to pay the guy who made Skynet. Mm. <laughs> uh, it, it reminds me, Rich, of the guy who gets uh, paid to... He's the Madden st- Raider. He rates the... the um, you know how players in Madden are like a 99, 98, whatever their skill mm-hmm. is? He, so his job is basically to go around and watch football games. <laughs> that's well, all I, he does. I'd imagine they're getting those from like... It's the same idea of, like, who are the guys coming up, like, compiling the stats for, like, baseball cards? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd imagine all that information funnels in from the same place. Yeah. We need to make baseball cards, but for pod- gaming podcasters, so we can all have, like, our skill attributes on a card. Uh, like, Game Over Greggy, I, Rich, mm, Colin Mariardi, Joshua I, Fowler. I really don't want to see 
all those cards with stats in the low twenties on every single one of them. It's that just that sounds way too. I was painful. like, why do we put physical stats in here? No, no, yeah, yeah di- different, different stats, different. Oh, okay, stats. We're like batting average. It's like can they zero point zero 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 one? Like all the stats are unrelated Actually, to podcast. You know what? Can we just use like can we use like D and D character sheets for the, for it? So you'd be like, wow, Josh has animal handling. Mm. <laughs> Rich has like a plus three who is acrobatics. What's with that? snake charming or something weird yeah yeah i like that you never know you could be a secret wouldn't it be weird if you were like secretly i always think about that like the things you never probably get to try in life but like rich what if you were oddly good at snake charming and you just don't know it because you'll never it just get a never chance comes to up try it. yeah it's, it's yeah. never come like i just pull out a recorder and i'm like oh god should get a nice wicker basket dude i straight yeah, look I played a mean recorder in the in the second grade. Let me tell you, nobody plays a mean recorder. It's not a very difficult instrument. It's got like every recorder twelve is notes. Mean. Well, but I was thinking about that because every kid has to, to go everyone through the around phase. it. Everyone in earshot. <laughs> every kid has to learn a recorder, and they all have to like clean off the little tip with that fluid. And you remember those days? I don't know. Every kid had to play a recorder. It's like a rite of passage. Because it's a very basic instrument. That's an easy way to learn yeah, scales yeah. and kind of pick out if kids have an interest in music. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like to encourage musical interest in in my personal family. My name is Morgan, of course. General Mountain Time, and wow, we are going to talk about some important stuff. Pretty important for us because the the nature of reviews, I think, is something that has come up a lot. Rich, you've never talked about it with us, mm-hmm. um, but it has definitely come up as a topic in various shapes and forms over the past um, several years. So I'm glad that we're going to discuss it with you because, yeah, Josh can dig up his old rant from the last time we talked about reviews. Yeah, I think I've got it saved here somewhere, but I just, it just re- occurred to me that Rich Rich never if got you to did, experience that If you did, that would be great yeah. if you did. We could slip it in at the in. end as like a nice yeah. post credit scene the, to set up yeah, the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, I it's something there's a lot to get to here to unpack, but let's just say this as we transition. I I wanted to throw the the floor to Rich first because a lot of people were sort of um, I know that I was uh, personally uh, targeted, uh, which is good. I like that our patrons and friends are. Uh, in some cases targeting uh and well me in particular because it means they care and they're listening and i think that's cool um and i and i want to be able to respond to those things but like reviews is something i've always been torn on you know from that's why i thought it was so funny that as a kid my mom was telling me that she had those reviews that i wrote that i was so obsessed with and i and i bring them up a lot we talk about them a lot but we don't actually we never really did reviews here especially as far as like numerical scores of any kind are concerned as you said rich numerical um, value uh, assessing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're the of, one that said of, that. But. Of art. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm just putting it in your mouth now. I'm transferring it to you. Uh, that that sounded kinky. Uh, anyways, so, you know, I put Find it in the your word mouth transfer? Now. Oh, no, no, I'm putting it in your mouth now. I'm transferring it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, really just that mouth part. Yeah, no, we understood. <laughs> putting it in there um so yeah rich so you you were able to sort of i, I wouldn't say completely <laughs> you lose your appetite he's gonna call it here <laughs> you lose your appetite i mean you i wouldn't say you necessarily talked me into it but you did as someone who wrote reviews in the industry rich and sort of like your personal opinion on them was a little bit different than 
than maybe some people might have expected or are. Sure. So, yeah, go, go ahead. Like, how do you feel I'm, about the nature of numerical scores? Here's what I'll say. Uh, I'll, I'll get into it with you here because um, it was something I grappled with. And Morgan, you might be the only one who actually knows this. Um, when I first drafted up the first handful of reviews that are on the site, because a lot of them were done a month or two back and we've been redesigning and waiting to launch and stuff. Um, I sat down and wrote those reviews and I was still working on a scale. I didn't even, I was even talking to you like a few days before we launched. I didn't know for sure whether I wanted to do numerical scores. Uh Um, I wanted to go with a verdict sort of buy it, skip it, buy it on sale type deal at one point. Um, and then you talked to me about scores you were putting on videos and stuff like that. And the more I thought about it, my, my stance on scores has always been this. And I think scores are better when the scale is left to be applied in the hands of the reviewer. And I'll say, when I worked at Destructoid, we had a scale. But the reviewer made the final call on what the numerical value for their game was going to be. Like, when I gave the messenger a 10 out of 10, that was my call. Nobody's but mine. Um, I volunteered at a lot of outlets and smaller places like that uh, when I was in college and stuff like that. And a lot of websites... Um, you sub- you write a review, you submit it to the editor, and the editor assigns the score. They go, that reads like a 7, that reads like a, an 8. Um, yeah. And the thing to me is, like, reviewer tilt is so important, which is why I think it's important, number one, for the reviewer to sign the score. And my feeling on why numerical scores are still kind of a necessary thing, um, at least as far as I'm concerned, is it's always been my understanding, and I came around to this the more I worked in games, that the numerical scores are for the quick take, and they aren't necessarily for people that play games. They're more meant as like a guidance system for uh, people buying game uh, gifts and things like that to give you something quick that you can quantify and go, oh, an 8 out of 10, that's pretty good. Um, without really having to know much about game mechanics or things like that. That's always kind of been the way I viewed it, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this as we get into our scale. I prefer a five-point scale at this point. I think it's much easier to digest and much easier to justify using the whole scale, and I think it's easy to quantify that whole idea of buy it, skip it, buy it on sale, because for me, it's it, it I think of it this way. A four or a five is a buy it. A three is a buy it on sale. A two or below is a skip. Mm-hmm. Okay, so lots to unpack there, and that's good. That's a good lead-in. I like that. Um, and I think the interesting thing about Josh, I think I should let you read it because you just sent it to us in the chat. This is Josh's um, very beautiful. Did you steal this from someone? I, no, who did I you wrote take this. this you wrote this. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, I want to give you credit. Me... Yeah. All right. All right. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I wrote this specifically about a game. I can't remember what it was when it came out, but it was... It was, I wish I could remember. Let's see if I have a date on here. That is a good. That is a good. It's 2016 November, so this would have been around Uncharted Four territory, right? Was that 2016 November? Anyway, you, no, no. You know, Uncharted Four was in May of 2016, but okay, so it would have been after that. Around, there was a bunch of stuff. Bunch yes. of, we anyway. were talking about potential. Yes, yeah, we were go talking ahead, about reviews ahead. a lot. That we were year. talking about them at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to give you somewhat of context, not that. It, I, I think it's easy. Enough. Anyway, anyway, so we're going to have a little thought experiment here for all of you. Just imagine a number. Imagine that it means something completely unrelated 
to numerical value. Now pretend that it means the same thing to anyone else in the world. It doesn't. Now send death threats to anyone who started the exercise by picking an 8 instead of a 9. All right, I'm on it. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what you told me to do. Yeah. Josh, you lost me and imagine a number. Imagine a number, I, yeah. I can't, I can't go there. I, I totally think uh, that what you're saying has value, but here, here's the thing. Number or not, the people that are sending death threats are going to send death threats. Yeah. They don't need they don't need there to be a seven there for them to send like they started reading there are a couple sentences in and they were like, I'm gonna tell this guy to slit his fucking wrist. Mm. I hey look, we've made it once we get our first death row. I, I That's I, 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 I believe that's one of my favorite like tweets of the first year I started working at Destructoid and like op eds and I was like, I really just wanna be in reviews because they get all the best death threats. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's interesting. I do, and I don't completely disagree with things that even I've said in the past. But I've opened my mind to the idea of what Rich is saying. Also, there one of my one of my most educational podcast experiences has been uh, uh, Alana Pierce's podcast because she has Troy Baker who. Uh, does obviously voice acting and, and works in the industry. Austin Wintory, who is a composer, he did work on you know Abzu and Journey. Um, Mike uh, Blithel, which I always talked about last week as well, game designer, and of course she's in journalism. And what I like is that you get a lot of different perspective on things like reviews. And what I thought was interesting is that um, Mike Blithel said that reviews actually do seem to help the indie scene, in his case, a lot more because you can have a game that's not really very well heard of but if, if it's getting a lot of buzz for an indie game that's huge like for it to show up on i think you know, the, oh. the messenger is a good example of that but at the same time the argument i constantly hear is the score at that point almost means nothing because if a uh a game like that is getting reviewed by a website like GameSpot or ign People were already talking about it. Then they've already heard of it, but maybe it would have been like sort of like lost in the middle or, you know what I mean? But it's no, there's, there's, there's value in it. There's value in it. I just think he might be overestimating how much value because I, I truly believe the only reason a game like that is getting that sort of attention on it up in the first place. Yeah. Is it on a bigger website is because there was already buzz around it. It's, it's interesting to think about. I I think about, yeah, if, but, but the buzz probably starts at some point at some point from the from journalists who are checking it out but you're right like is the review a direct correlation i will say this for what it's worth one of the polls that i ran that i wanted to obviously uh discuss with you all today because i asked our audience just a bunch of things about reviews and one of them was are reviews important to you when you make purchasing decisions 60 percent of our audience said yes now you can take that at face value if you want because uh, on on that podcast which i respect alana was saying i've done the research and technically there's no correlation between sales and reviews but i don't necessarily believe that and this is why not just because our audience says this but because of the on the fence games. There's a, even for myself, someone who knows myself very well, there's a lot. I'll give you an example. Deadly Premonition is one of my favorite games ever. And I know that game is not a great game, right? Uh, yeah, but it's got it that weird charm to it. Like it's, it's almost like, uh, and it's just worry being weird. It's almost like how people really like the room as a film, because there's so many weird things going on that you kind of don't <laughs> care that it's kind of a mess. Yes, yes. And Josh, to your point, I know that sounds crazy. Someone did the research and now I'm going to dispute the research just because. Mm. No, it's but I can't I can't no, imagine go on, what's Mr. That President. Like. 
Yeah. Go on, Mr. President. <laughs> yeah. Who, who but would... what about my own research, Josh? <laughs> what about my own research? What's your sample size? Hmm. Um, just, you know, just a couple thousand people. <laughs> it's like me, but... me, and my indigestion. All I'll ever think about the research. I always say I can think of how my brain works, but, like, I don't think I'm like most people because as someone who reviewed games, I tend to think, like, make the call for myself or with certain games, I'll reach out to people I have met over the years who I know might be reviewing a game and, like, go for their personal take more so than their actual review. Yeah, well, because you're no, you know them as a reviewer, which is... But here, like, you guys deviated me from my Deadly Premonition thing. God damn it. You're getting <laughs> ahead of me. You just um, already wanted to talk about Deadly Premonition 2? Um, the only reason I haven't pulled the trigger on that game yet, and while I'll probably wait until it's cheaper and I have more time, is because... I was I was like you know because I get Ghost of Tsushima. Deadly. I love Deadly Premonition more. I should get that game first, but the reviews have not been like the first game where it was like Jim Sterling at Destructoid gave that game a ten and said it was a beautiful train wreck. I I remember that review to this day because it was like holy shit, why is it giving a? It was it was a big deal to give like a not good game a ten. Like you were saying well, something. Yeah, again, like it's that idea of like films like The Room of like the so bad it's good. It's like this thing's a train wreck, but it's full of charm. And I don't yeah. think you can. It's a beautiful disaster, and you can't replicate that. Like I'm but sure you have there's... to trust the reviewer's intuition on that because what that's such a brave thing to say because you might be like, well, what if it's a beautiful disaster to me, but everyone else thinks it's Listen, just a disaster. Listen, I would trust Jim Sterling's intuition on most things. You should know that I, I believe still to this day there's a piece by Jim Sterling that is held up as an example to new authors of Destructoid as like the perfect piece. If you look up a really, like, a, what we consider a good rainy day piece for when nothing is happening, um, mm -hmm. and I believe that the piece is just called Ekans is the Best Pokemon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Uh, I'll, I'll read that, because I'm curious. I would highly recommend anyone check that out, because it is, that's the kind of shit you need to come up with at a website of that thing when there's no games coming out and no news in the news cycle. It's just dribble, but it's such well-written dribble. Yeah, he kind of did a a retake of that with uh with Pork Pokemon Sword and Shield because Ekans was not in it. Oh no! Yeah, about how oh. you know a lot of people were giving the fans shit for you know complaining that the their Pokemon. favorite Pokemon wasn't in the game, but he yeah. understands because Ekans is not in Pokemon Sword and, and Shield. Ekans is the best Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And and look, to be fair, Jim Sterling was one of like. He was like, I think the only person I saw that gave Breath of the Wild a seven, and I don't agree with him giving Breath of the Wild a seven at all. But like his logic was, I understood he was as irritated with the weapon um, degradation as I was. But I don't, I don't think that's a game. I think that's one of the best games ever made. But still, and that's where reviewer tilt comes in. Like something like the yeah. weapon degradation, I get the criticism. It was not a problem for me. It wasn't something that it affected my enjoyment no. of the game at any point. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. I'm I'm one of the weirdos who like it. But, I I was with you. I like the idea of being like, this sword's about to break, so I'm just going to fucking chuck it. Yeah. Well, that, I like the strategic layer of it, but I think I kind of lucked out and ended up getting to one of the islands where they take away everything from, from you. Oh, like, are, that is one of my absolute favorite shrines in that game. Yeah, yeah that island's cool. Yeah, they, yeah. Got, it's like Castaway like, all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, they've got like two sections. They've got the one on the island, and then they've got yeah, one on like uh, an area that's like permanently in thunderstorms. Uh, and they're both. No, I was thinking of the one cool. that, yeah. yeah, like the one on the well, island yeah. is like one amazing. of them. Yeah, is a shrine where you wake yeah. up on an, on an island with like three Henoxes and a bunch of Bokoblins yeah. and no equipment. Yeah, I, I love Figure that. Figure it out. Yeah. I love that, and that really teaches you 
why the weapon durability matters because you'll just run out of damage to kill stuff if you're not yeah, and it's if you're not just thinking like, about the system. I'm going to okay. throw this stick and knock that like rusty sword out of the Bokoblin's hands and mm-hmm. like it's trading up to having something that you could stand your ground against the and I think it was the first time I had to use that whole strategy of like making the Henox bend over and running up to grab a weapon yeah, off its and necklace. Steal one of the weapons that it's wearing. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I just want to take love the sound that. Clip I love that. That's, that's that's one of the reasons I love yeah. the DLC in that game. The edit the hard <laughs> mode is amazing because it basically makes the rest of the game like that, where everything that's, takes yeah, so much cool. damage that you can't just ignore the weapon durability. Like it's 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 something that matters for the entire playthrough, and I I, I love that but yeah yes yes and i don't i don't know anyways to get back to the <laughs> point and uh, as, as much as i'd love to talk about breath of the wild thank you um, kanye very cool mm-hmm. it's i agree with you guys i'm just saying that um what i think is interesting about the reviews in those cases is understanding the reviewer if you can and hopefully if people follow us it does take a lot more work but um but you know the reviewer and therefore you get a little more uh, of an insight. Now, having said that, you're never going to always, I, it's never going to be hundred percent. Like I'm sure there are people that were left scratching their heads when Josh was clapping for man eater. It's nothing's perfect. You can agree with someone a lot of the time. Often it, it's, it's, I that's still, not how it works. I still you know? can't believe Josh and I loved that fucking game. <laughs> I know, and we right? were the two who like almost didn't get it. Well, have you adjusted your score? Because you only gave it a three out of five, which oh, is what I gave it. It's only worthy of a three out of five. I still love it. Like it's far from a perfect uh, game, but the I still story is a five out of five. That... But the rest of the like what? the game as a whole. <laughs> somebody messaged me that you said it was on the podcast. It was the words "great" and you beat it in one sitting. I was like, that sounds like it might be a four star game, Rich. Uh... I mean, that's up to the discretion of the reviewer. And I, the whole thing is, <laughs> I, I think I even said this when I talked about it. I fucking loved it. There's not a lot of people I would recommend it to. Well, that's here. Yeah. That is my larger point because recommending games is. This is why I don't. Which is what drags it down to a three for me. Like, if I could <sighs> confidently recommend it to anybody who asked, I would give it a four. But see, that's that's the thing with recommendations, man. This is my issue. <laughs> this is why I want to talk about this with because uh, we had one of our polls we put up for our patron community was. Um, how they felt about either review scores or like the recommend, don't recommend thing that you do see in some places. And it was overwhelming. Most people... Is Kotaku was... still using that? I... Hmm. I feel like they I... might have given up on it already again. I think they... I You know what? I think they might have because I do remember when they were using it. They tried I... to do it twice. Really? Yeah. They I'd did once years ago and they gave up on it. And then more recently they tried to do it again and they might still be doing it. I, I... I'm I'm looking at it right now. Uh, they do like a back of the box quote type of they, game. Like I think they disliked. still have the recommend thing, but I don't think that's the only they thing cha- they have there. Oh, they recall, also but... changed the template no. of it entirely. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's 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 gone. And I think now, unfortunately, Metacritic would have to kind of guess their position um, because they don't. I'm looking. It and says liked and disliked. That's all it does. That's the the whole thing. Yeah, that's one system I thought about using as well, which was going to be the simple pros and cons. But I think the issue with that that people understand, I can tell you some firsthand experience since we started the show, as people will come to me and they'll want a recommendation, I go, I need to know more about you as a person yeah, like to recommend what games something. Do you, like, mm-hmm. I, I think the best thing to get a baseline for somebody is like, hey, would you recommend this? I'd be like, tell me like three of your favorite games of all time and tell me the type of games you play more recently. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah I feel like we yeah. need more game sommeliers than, than just... Yeah. Than, yeah. You know, not, the, no. not the ones at games stop. <laughs> Oh my god! 
<laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I mean, I have I ever told you guys that story about how like I was praised in the time I worked at Gamespot for like selling people on things because I was so mm. nonchalant about shit. Like the night, uh, and I feel bad for this because now I know I was wrong. Um, the night Black Ops <laughs> Two launched was the same night Assassin's Creed Three launched, and I talked like ten people into also buying Assassin's Creed. Hmm. And then which I, Assassin's Creed Three? Three. So I sold them oh. the worst one. I feel like an asshole. Maybe, uh, you still live with yourself with that, man. That's. And I'm actually proud of it. That's I have to be a, dreams of. Mm. That's its weird time capsule, if you want, for working a midnight launch event at a game uh, stop where we were like handing out Doritos and Mountain Dew, and I was wishing I was dead. Mm. Jesus. That's a dark. Um, so so the reason I push back on that personally, and, and this this is something I'd want our patrons and, and just people to think about in general, because I think it's interesting, and is that you, to recommend something, you have to really know what someone's about. And I think for me, that's tough, because if someone gets in touch with me, I will pick their brain, and I'm pretty good about, like, I got my sister into Stardew Valley. I've gotten people into the Tomb Raider games. I, I remember I recommended Abzu to this girl, but just just because I knew she wanted something, she loved sharks, and she wanted something that was more casual. Like, I... But you have to know things about people. That's why I think a broad scale recommendation to me does the only reason that doesn't work is because every person's different. So if you say I recommend this, yeah, so we should use a scientific scale. How do you know? Yeah, I need to survey every person that reads the review. I. That's why I think I like the idea that the scoring system that we are attempting to implement is more along the lines of like, this is this reviewer's enthusiasm for this product. Like five stars is the most enthusiasm Rich and me can have toward a product, you know, where it's a game of the year contender, but we're not saying it's perfect. Basically, you're going to see it on our top 10 or top five list. But again, like that skew falls differently for me at times. Like I said, with Maneater specifically, I fucking love that game. I don't think it's a game of the year contender, and I would have a hard time recommending it to people, which drags it down to a three for me. And and that's that's interesting to read between the lines because like using our scale, we get we would give man we gave Maneater the same score, and I liked it much less than you did, um, which is it's fascinating because for me it was like I still was really compelled to finish it because it was a goddamn shark RPG. Well, the, the thing it. that's like you have to take into consideration the way my brain was working, like. I really, really like that game, but I walked away from it knowing that that was not going to be the consensus of most people, knowing it had a lot of problems. That's t- and, and that's tough because I think like you're you're more looking out for and this is something we're always working on every day because we literally just sort of got the review system we have kind of. I mean, I know it. Paper Mario, the Origami King is a five star game based off that one screenshot Josh sent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Like, what more do I need? I'm going to write that review right now. <laughs> it's, I, I do think there's something to be in say inherently about just writing. It's going to sound weird. You're not really writing. You're writing the review for other people to read and consume, but you're sort of, they need to know a little bit more about you. Like, I, I like to include more things about my personal tastes on my Should we do about the author pages? We do. Well, when I, I remember when I was younger, this is a little thing I, I've been putting on Instagram that I want to start doing. If I if I can you know not be lazy about it, I think I've done it once. Um, but when I was a kid and I read those EGMs, whenever you'd the right before you got into the review uh, the review crew section, you'd see a little picture of like uh, of, of yeah. Dan Shu or whatever, and it would say like currently playing blah 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 blah. Game blah. Informer you know I mean? did the same thing. They would do yes, like they would, yes. I think they would profile different reviewers every month. And there'd yeah. be in the back, like you'd read, like Dan Reichert loves Taco Bell and taking big dumps, and you'd be like, "All right, I can get behind this guy." 
But yeah, even Just as a kid for me, it was Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was helpful. I was like, oh, this person is currently obsessed with, you know, Tomb Raider 2. I'm like, all right, I like this guy. We're, we're, we're on the same page here. And so, I was like, sitting I, in my room reading it being like, how do you get that job? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Tomb Raider 2. I think that was a gold game. It, was a, it had to be a Tomb Raider Oh, no, it sold well. It just, uh, God, man, it controls like ass. You know... I I could I don't want to talk about my love for how that game controls right now, but I'll just tell you this. I, I had like PC, it works better on the PC because I had the PC version of Tomb Raider three. Yeah. Oh, did you? Well, because yeah. with the controls the way so they are, like the shift it keys actually makes weird? more sense to play all with one hand with the WASD controls. You guys want want to hear the funny part is Whoa. I bought as a as a kid for PC. I bought a package that had um, Tomb Raider two, three, and Last Revelation for PC, and it came with a mm. flight stick. And I sit around thinking about why. Whoa. That's amazing. I would. God. That's probably the best way to play that game. Again, because it it, again, it's it basically controls the same way. Like, it's it's a one handed game. It did feel good with the flight stick, but I was almost baffled at why it was being sold that way. And now that I think about it and reflect on it as an adult, I don't think that was a thing any game company made. I th- I bought it from a BJ's wholesale club, and I think they just saran wrapped those three items together and sold oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> so you just like like a miracle idea. It was just an idea presented to. And you And I by like chance, to think that some like fucking stoned sixteen year old working at the BJ's came up. They're like, we need to unload these things. They're not selling. And he was like, put these together and sell it for forty dollars. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys that when I was younger and I wanted to like try to learn how to get better at cutting lingus, I would uh, eat jelly donuts? I swear to God, I thought you said cutting lingus, (laughs) and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I would just lick the middle of the jelly donut. You weren't that far off, Rich. It was the lemon. (laughs) That's what it sounded like he said, right? Like, I I was able to piece it together after my brain processed it. Um, no, but it, this is my 10 second uh, pro tip and we can move on. The secret to playing the Tomb Raider games is to hold, like on the controller, I'd hold R1. Oh, so I thought you were giving would... tips about something else so that, that you holding... really weren't qualified <laughs> to give so tips you're, on. So you're, you're hold, you would just like, uh, you would go over the PlayStation controller and you'd be like, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors and eat all the people. Oh, open the doors and eat. <laughs> oh. That was good. Um, yeah, so it, you just if you hold R one, she walks really slow, so you can do a lot more precise movements. That was the thing that I that helped me a lot because mm-hmm. I grew up with that game on a controller. So when I had to play it on PC, I was like, "The fuck is this shit? This is weird." But I'm just anyways, picturing back- you pressing R one with your tongue now. Mm. <laughs> I can, you know, it's how I get, is that like is that like age. Monster Hunter Claw? You know, I uh, yeah, but maybe more ball. I was going to say more beneficial, but if you have strong fingers, that can be beneficial. Well, no, Monster Hunter Claw is more beneficial because you're playing Monster Hunter. Well, I mean, yes. Yes, I mean, <laughs> it's true. Um, anywho, <laughs> the... <laughs> God. Uh, I need to um, turn my fan on. You continue. The... <laughs> I thought he can... I thought he said it was too hot to turn it, or... Too loud to turn it. Oh, that was the air conditioner. He's going mm-hmm. with his fan. I just guess. the fan. Hopefully that's it's not too bad. Dying yeah. there. I just uh, realized anyways. my ceiling fan was off this entire time, and I could mm. have at least had that on. Yeah. Back to the larger topic at hand. That that's why I would say recommendations. I don't personally believe in. You need to know more about the person, and I think if people really think about that, there's value in that because you know 
if if someone recommends this, you could you sure you could play the well. I need to know it's the genre game. Oh, I'm recommending this to fans of horror, fans of but genres are so blended now and everything's so crossed over. I just I don't want that on my conscience. Believe me, I've had people recommend things and I've knocked them out of the park, and I've also recommended for pe- games for people, and it sucks when they don't like them, man. It's man, our, Ivan. We just did a Skype with him before the show. He's still burnt with us about Fire Emblem Heroes to this day, and I can't believe that was a bad recommendation. You know, so recommendations. Well, there are were scary. no Pokemon in it, dude. There, there were no Pokemon in it for poor Ivan. Um, by the way, patrons, Patreon.com/slash/SwordChomp. Skype with you. You too can get bad recommendations. We try and hold Morgan back these days. I'll bring a jelly donut <laughs> next time. Uh, <laughs> only please, lemon please, Can I make a recommendation? <laughs> I'm, I recommend you don't. Uh, I'm more of a and Boston so that's a broad thing, but, but like Rich is saying, if you really want that scale, for, especially for the way he's looking at it, a 5-3 and a 4-star game for him is basically a safe recommendation. He said a 3 is a wait for the sale thing. For me... If you really want that, message me. I'll talk to you personally on on Instagram if I can, and I like to make that connection with people. But like from for the scale that we wanted to create, I just don't think that works. And That's the logic. Also, for anyone asking, I'll never do half points. You got a five point scale with half points. You have a ten point scale, idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I like the idea of the scale being more lenient because video games are very difficult to make. And like like Rich was saying, he was pushing back against this initially, but whenever he first told me about it, he was telling me one of his favorite games of the year a couple years ago was that Wolfenstein game, even though it was very flawed. And I was like, no, I believe that should be a five-star game on our scale because it's one of your favorite games of the year. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. Who fucking cares? Dude, I just like and, killing Nazis. And, and I think mm-hmm. that that's the, the idea of perfection it's is so something nice that, that you I don't have to, to wait avoid. for games for that anymore. My biggest, the biggest, exactly, the biggest problem with uh, Wolfenstein the New Colossus is that there's a scene where there's a bunch of clan members and you can't kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you can in Red Dead, though. That's one of the best things about Red Dead, too. You can kill all sorts of clan I, I members. I believe there was, um, I'll have to link this to you guys at some point. There was a Kotaku article about um, how amazing the Ku Klux Klan sections in Red Dead are. Because even if you choose not to interact with them, yeah, something bad will always happen. Like yeah, they'll inevitably yeah. set themselves on fire or something. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, they set themselves on fire the first time I dealt with them because they were camping outside my camp, and I'm like, let's go get the rest of my guys. I I don't want to have all the fun for myself. You want and to so, round up a posse? Yeah, I'm gonna round up a posse, and we're gonna take <laughs> these guys out. But then I like start heading away, and like two steps out of there, they accidentally light themselves on fire so great mm-hmm. i wonder what else i wonder if there's other things they can do besides just lighting themselves on fire there must apparently be a... there's like a ton of different like things that go like if they're having a meeting on a cliff oh, like where they're lifting something up one of them will drop <laughs> it and like get crushed and like there's apparently a ton of different things but like the way they're scripted it's so if you don't intervene some horrible yeah. tragedy will befall them and it'll turn into a shit show regardless some, of some, some wonderful tragedy will befall An- them a, like if they're in the swamps or something, like an, an a bunch of gators will like wander into where they're having their meeting. Something will go wrong. Oh yeah, so yeah. nice. Yeah, that kind of that that stuff makes up for the fact that you'll find like a hundred people that are like, "I've been bit by a snake, sir." Oh All my right. goodness, well, yeah. I don't know how many of those poor I villagers know. that I this sucked, is a trap. The last six out of their legs. I'm like, like what? Did, did none of you like? Didn't didn't the last guy I did this to warn the rest of you? Put Just up stay signs. away. Yeah. None of us are literate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyways, the uh, one thing I want to say for all of our patrons that commented, uh, Lisa, Cornspace, Eric, um, Tawny, 
and uh, Howard. I hope this under explains why you know that that broad sort of recommendation thing is is why we're leaning toward. Um, and the main like the reason, this... yeah, we're, we're talking about it is like we do we do care what you guys we want you to understand our thinking on the matter and like we we do want to take into account what you guys are saying. Yeah. Like well, that and we wanted all your feedback so we could rate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm giving it a two. Mm. Oh, I got a comment here to rate. All right, here we go. <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> it's just so hypocritical of Morgan to want to do review scores now after he was so passionate against scores. Even when someone brought that up, Morgan just said he lied. For me, it really hurts the integrity of Morgan and what he says and he believes on the podcast. Mm. I feel like having scores on games goes against the whole point of what Sword Chomp and the Chompcast was. Wow! Wow, that's a that's a doozy of a comment. Uh, Morgan, if I could follow up, why are you such a piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sorry, I left that. P.S. Morgan, why are you such a piece of shit? And why is your dick small? And why is your wife unsatisfied? If and you knew all those sin. things, you'd have a much better life by now. <laughs> I know. I would. We can rebuild him. I probably wouldn't be lying awake at night. I'd be able to. <laughs> I'd be able to sleep. So there's a couple things here. Before uh, someone had responded on the Instagram page, and I was jokingly saying uh, like, blah, "Blah blah blah blah." Also, I lied. LOL. the The idea was that it was sort of tongue in cheek. Like, yes, at one point I did say that review scores were not something I ever saw us doing. So if we started doing them, then I would have inherently lied, but not intentionally. Not like I was lying to your face. Just like, yes, if I said we'd never do review scores in any capacity then it would have to be a lie because we have started doing them. But it was mostly done uh, tongue-in-cheek because I also did not know that Rich would be a staff member with us who had a, a writing history in regards to reviews. And also, we're in a different place now, I, something... I also think it's probably better than saying you lied than, like, you, you've... Your stance has changed on that. You've, like... I think you're allowed to do that. I think you're allowed to change your outlook on something based on new information. Yeah, and and I did specifically say I lied, but it was meant as a joke. I mean, that's all, that's all it was. But I will say yes, you're right. My the information was presented to me from people like Rich, and also to to respond to the integrity thing. The biggest reason I wanted to start you have this, none. I mean, yeah, that was that was that was a so, stretch from the beginning. So yeah. that was your first mistake. Um, your first mistake was believing in anything. <laughs> it's all a facade. The idea of this is actually more in line with having integrity. I don't want to be the guy that's always bringing up reviews, but then tells you that reviews are stupid. Like, doesn't that seem more hypocritical? I would think. Doesn't that seem less? We've come to like, expect it, but yeah. <laughs> that seems like again, has, again and, with and, the whole lack of integrity thing. Yeah, and look, <laughs> I, I've always been fascinated by reviews. That's part of it, but of course, of course, I've loved games that haven't reviewed well. Like Death Stranding only has like an eighty-four Metacritic. Uh, sea of Thieves was one of my favorite games of that year. It has like a seventy-something Metacritic, maybe even less. I don't even know. Of course, there are outliers. I mean, that's that's silly. I I do think that the critical consensus on games is generally accurate, but it doesn't mean I always agree with it. I'll give you an example. Um, let's see. Uh, fuck. I was going to say God of War is a great example of a game that it did not connect with me as much as other people, but I still think it's an amazing game. Like objectively, I can look at that game and say it deserves the Metacritic score it got, even though I did not enjoy it as much as other people did. I think that's the difference for me. You know what I mean? 
Um, I think it's important is instead of just saying, oh, this this game sucks, it doesn't. Generally speaking, I feel like if you look at the the those the consensus on a lot of stuff, it's generally pretty good. I mean, game rankings is gone, so we only have Metacritic now, which is a tragedy. Um, only because Metacritic does no, do that thing where it I, tries to guess. I mean, I'm glad that Metacritic is still here because my favorite thing is when a game gets a score that people don't think it deserves and everyone goes to, like, shit on Metacritic. And I'm like, Metacritic is not a review site. What is wrong with you people? It just aggregates reviews from the internet. It doesn't... Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, Metacritic well, has you know, you no shoot opinion the for you to be mad about. You have to you have to shoot the messenger. That's part of the deal. But I will say it's weird. Yes, it is weird that Metacritic weights stuff more than others. People always bring this up to me. Well, Metacritic makes IGN's review worth more, and they guess the review of these other scores. But yes, th- that is weird. But every game is on the same weird scale. That's what I talked about last week. That's what I meant. It's an imperfect system, but it, they're all being judged on the same imperfect system, which makes it. Yes. So it, it'd be weird if, you know, if there was other places that did differently, but it's all the same shit. It's just, here's the biggest thing. And Josh, I, you, I, I know we've been talking a lot and you're probably, a little, I know a little more neutral on this because we're really nerdy about this review thing, but I'm sure when you were a kid, Josh, you, you read reviews, I'm sure. Right. To some degree or no, never, not in your whole life. Nope. Yeah, get that real close. <laughs> Is that for dramatic effect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Head. <laughs> yeah. Hey. All right. Well, I, I take it back. Josh has never read a review. I mean, not when I was not use... when I was a kid. I didn't give a shit about them because I. Yeah, like. Not even from like a fascination standpoint. Like, oh my god, they're giving Metroid Prime all tens. This is this game looks great. Nope. No, not really. Um, Like, I started paying attention to them when we were actually reviewing games, just to have it as a reference. But even then, it was pretty obvious that they were all nonsense, because, again, like, going back to the Metacritic thing, it's weird that they assume how this thing will translate to a 10-point scale for everything. Because, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's common knowledge at this point that, that a 10-point scale only goes down to 6, um, which is bizarre, but... Yeah, the same score Cool Borders 3 got, so basically a 1. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and it's, it's, I don't know, like, it's, it's just obvious that the actual number there means nothing. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it, it's always just been bizarre. Like, I'll read a review, like, wow, they loved this game. Like, you know, I'm seeing, like, one or two complaints here, but they're just minor things, and you get to the end, and you're like, you know, you you never expect the number that's ever there on a review. Like, it just, it it just, it just doesn't happen. So, yeah, like, at, at that point, I'm just like, if that number means nothing, on every one of these reviews that I'm reading, why 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 do we have the number there? Uh, because a lot of people are just there for the number. If I'm yeah, being, that that's part of it. Like I I've said this before, I would always much rather you just read the review and draw your own conclusions. But I understand the purpose the number serves. Yeah. Well, and and Josh, if if you could consider this, it's for snap judgments more than anything. 
I when I put one of these polls up, I said it's for, review it's for the people who can't actually read the review. I well, no, this is why. Review scores are seventy five percent of our audience, which is a huge number, said they are great for discussion. And twenty six said they hate them. So they're that's, great that's, for having I a horrible think... discussion about review scores. Can I can I just interject really quick to say that the way you phrased that, like immediately my brain processed it like Donald Trump was talking to me. Like you were like seventy five percent of our audience, which is a big number. <laughs> I should I should have you read all the poll results as Donald Trump. Mm. That would be great from now on. Um and I, th- but I think that's what it is. Like, if you like, wh- what a lot of us talk about on our podcast, in particular, is when she worked at IGN, was that like reviews get shared and talked about more than anything they do. Because even even if some of those people are not reading the review and they're just passing it around, they might pass it around to someone that does read the review. Mm-hmm. It might just, it you know, it might it might give exposure to. This. In some cases, for us, yeah. it could. So if it we're using scores like, on the end, in- it sounds like we need to have a ten point scale and only use the one and the ten. That way, that way it, we get no, the most no, shares. No, no, we could use no. the eight. We could use the eight. Mm, the eight, no. yeah. <laughs> I, but I mean, again, you have to. You, if you trust so the integrity get the most of shares. the people, no, it's it, it's traffic. You're right. Like that's the thing, and that's always what's disappointing. Is like literally looking at those metrics. Like everybody would click on the reviews I would write. Did I get that many clicks on the three page article I wrote by what, why about why Luca Blight is the best video game villain in RPGs ever? No, mm. but I enjoyed writing that way more than any review. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, Josh? Honestly, and that's why I like have your take on this. I know you're more neutral. Like, look, I'm not going to write reviews. Who gives a fuck? Um, but if it makes you feel better, 80% of our audience did say, hell yeah, they are excited for Sword Chomp. Start adding reviews to our content chart. Which is good. If that would have came back, number. like, if that had came back, tw- <laughs> that came back 20, 80%, that's at least, what, a four star? That's a four star game right there? Mm. Um that could have that could have been a little heartbreaking if it came back like seventy percent saying no, I'm not interested in your fucking reviews. That would have been a little bit of a. I've been like, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> it's like, no, that's okay. We're swallow. we're just gonna we're gonna launch in in closed beta for a while. Once we, we have it ironed out, we'll we'll. We're in early alpha. Uh-huh. We're gonna nerf the scale. <laughs> the, the 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 last two interesting things I wanted to discuss um, were number one. I just think right. I just think reviews are. If you go back to why I've enjoyed doing it as a kid, I think it's cathartic and fun. I, I, I remember when I was I was seeing a therapist once who was like telling me that for someone like myself, sometimes just writing something out can help like your brain sort of let go of that information. So like if I would write out my anxieties or my stressors or what have you, something about that becoming tangible would allow my brain to sort of like relieve itself of the clutter so like whenever i wrote my three star or i when i made my video review about like made the graphic for doom eternal being a three star it was cathartic for me because i do think doom eternal is a three star game and it's been rattling around in my fucking head for two months it was cathartic for me god damn it um but that's personal that's more of a personal thing do you ever feel cathartic in that way, Rich, like getting that stuff out of your head? Yeah. Um, no, I think that's why uh, from an early age I always gravitated towards writing in general. Like games games weren't always the the main thing I was writing about. It was just as I got older and got closer to college age, I knew I wanted to work in games. I knew I was a decent writer, and I found a way to mar those two things. But just writing in general has always been um, an outlet for me. Uh, yeah. It's like that exercise where you like write an angry letter and put it in a drawer, and if you're still mad about the thing in a week, then you mail the letter. You know you know that, like, therapy yes. thing? Yeah, never mail the letter. You're not supposed to mail the letter no matter what, just so no, you guys no, know. Don't. 
That's it. Fuck. <laughs> also, that's why, like, I'm, it, that's why I'm spending so much on stamps. You're just telling yeah. me now we're not supposed to mail those letters. <laughs> yeah, we weren't supposed to send those. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you. I mean, that's the main thing with those letters. Is like, also, the person you're sending it to is baffled because it's, like, it's just me, you... just me, keeping the postal service afloat all these why years. Why the fuck are you <laughs> sending a letter? <laughs> For, and for and for what it's worth, I, whenever I see professional reviewers, even if there's someone that's getting like sold the like, let's say they're given the game. Of course, if someone gives you an early copy of Ghost of Tsushima, you're probably going to be a little nicer to it. So what? Like, let's I, I factor that in when I think about. Like, I that's won't. obvious. Um, but the nice thing is we don't get anything for free. We don't get anything from anyone. So. Also, it, it's much easier to praise that like i always feel bad about like handling something that i don't think is good that i then need to write about like yeah i'm obviously i was much more excited when i was reviewing the messenger the only game at destructor i'd ever get a 10 out of 10 when i'm like four hours into it and i'm like this is fucking this is remarkable in every aspect imaginable like i could not wait to talk about that game mm-hmm. yeah are you are you still what is the i wonder what the metacritic is on the messenger i'm gonna look that up later uh, I'm just curious because um, it's I would assume it's probably close to if I had to guess it's like an 80 nah, 88 something I bet I would guess probably I'm gonna hold you to that it feels like an 88 check it out let's see what mm. it is um, I, I'm usually pretty good at this I wonder how close I am uh, um, 86 damn uh, that's not bad I wasn't too far off um, and you know I, even though Rich is really high in that game I'm sure you wouldn't look at that 86 and go that's fucking insane he'd be like no, I, I understand that. I also really really like I, I'm super into that genre and I was super into the humor which I know isn't for everybody um, but that's why it's important for the them sound, to know you every right? part of that I bought that was when I started getting, getting into collecting video game vinyl that was one of the first ones I bought oh yeah Oh, that's excellent. Ninja. That's it's so like a good. Ninja Gaiden throwback, right? It's like was, I'm in, in a, a lot of the way the character behaves is like Ninja Gaiden, but it's it's a more of a modern Metroidvania. Well, and there's a big well, it's not a, there's an interesting twist in the middle of that game. That sort well, of the, the twist the is that it's a Metroidvania. Yes, it, it's not a Metroidvania for the first four. I'm actually blown away that you were blown away in the first four hours because it's not a Metroidvania until the twist that. That's about three hours in. What? Really? If okay. you're good at the game. Well, what if you're bad at a game? Then you never, then you never ten, get it's there. It's ten hours in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, I I played Rugrats Search for Reptar as a kid it's, it's for almost, hundreds of hours. It's I should be better at games. Almost the as point long is, as Limbo. Sorry to spoil, sorry to spoil <laughs> this uh, for any, anyone uh, who might be interested, but my favorite bit of that game, and again, it, it stands to the humor. The way it's written is so well, because you go through it thinking it's this Ninja Gaiden-like... And then you get to the end, and they're like, oh, well, you missed this thing on your way through. And you're like, well, what do you mean? How the hell was I supposed to know that? And he goes, well, check your map. And you're like, I have a map? And he goes, that scroll I gave you, it's a map. What, what did you not open it? So, you know, you, well, you that, just carried it this whole way, and you never, yeah, never once decided to look at the thing you were carrying all the way here? Yeah, it's got a good sense of humor. It yeah. does. There, um, but that's the, what I think is important. Like, and why I would love to see if we make like more charts like that for the reviews. Or someone says like some of Rich's favorite games, like Persona Five, The Messenger. And you're like, wow, we're I'm kind of similar to this guy, Ratchet and Clank over a Spyro. What a nutcase! You know, they're like, I, I, <laughs> I understand this guy. That's not an unpopular opinion. Do some research. I know. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that later. It's not an unpopular opinion. Um, 
they, they that's going to help them maybe identify a little bit more with where he's coming from. And I think that that is important because there might be somebody else out there who's just like, yeah, I fucking love the messenger that speaks spe- to me. It didn't speak to me because I never even played those old Ninja Gaiden games. I was just like, what is this like a throwback to like an old NES game? I don't get it. Bamboo you know? Bugaloo is the best fucking that's a fire track everybody go look that no up. i like the 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 track the, my favorite track in the messenger is the one that plays during the opening cinematic i love that song i don't know what if it's you want to know how much i loved the messenger i backed the um the game sabotage is working on now which is a an rpg chrono trigger style prequel to the messenger i backed it at like the 150 dollar mark oh yeah jesus fuck and that's fine. And that's that's cool. You should definitely put that in your reviews. <laughs> no, it's kidding. Oh, um, if I reviewed that game, I would disclose that at the top. Yeah. Yeah. See, y- your messenger is my death stranding. Like they're both about eighty six. Oh, one of those 84- is like a really bad game. No, no, no. <laughs> come on now. Come on. Oh, uh, no, that's no, fair. It's no, hardly it's, a it's game. really not fair. They're they're both both <laughs> way, way better than the last of us part two. Oh, get the bleep out of here. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Um, the messenger is <laughs> uh, redacted. Um, which we, <laughs> I'm <laughs> for including the redaction there. But you know, but if if you know, Rich does feel that way. To understand how Rich, like what he's into, is important. That's all I'm trying to say. And I, and for us, it should be easier because people, if they listen to the podcast, it's very opinionated. It's a lot easier than you're like following like a larger outlet. You're like, am I going to track down this guy that reviewed this game for IGN? Is there's only on four of podcasts? us. I don't know. Yeah, there's only four of us. And two of them, Josh and Shay, probably don't give a shit about reviews. So it's a lot easier to I think track. I making some snap judgments. Oh, I I, did you read? Did you hear Josh's quote about reviews? Well, <laughs> did no. You hear what I mean, said? no, I heard what Josh said. I'm t- I think you're making some snap judgments about oh. Shay. You know, I he, he can't. Yeah. He's not here to speak for himself. It's true. I shouldn't. I shouldn't put words in. No. I shouldn't put words in Shay's mouth. I give him nothing in here for this discussion. Like a <laughs> four point seven out of ten. That seems a little generous. I look, Ebby. I'm open to anyone wanting to. And 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 look, we might still morph things a little bit as far as like fine tuning stuff. But this is why where we're coming from. This is sort of the nature of it. The last thing I want to say that I think is interesting, just to talk to you guys about, because we got to move on, is 50 percent of our audience. It was split right down the middle. I asked people this question, Josh, because I know Rich, you saw this, but um, this is one of those things that kind of made some was viral for a while just because it was so like touching but like the director of god of war when that game reviewed really well Corey barlog he filmed himself reading the the reviews and crying oh josh you wish you could see josh's face right now um he filmed himself i'll, I'll reading add an the eye rolling sound effect to that uh <laughs> to that moment <laughs> Um, and our audience was split because I was like, do you think there's a good debate out there is, are the reviews for consumers or are they for, uh, developers? And it was split right down the middle. They're for the uh, websites 50. they're on to generate revenue. Yeah. You know, That's speaking of which, <laughs> they should, uh, they should just check your IP whenever you're logging on to Metacritic. And if you're in any town that has a game development studio, they just bump the scores up by like, you know, 0.7. Or something, just so you feel. Just no, you. no, no. Wait, yeah, maybe no, that does no. exist. Is that why all those Rockstar games are rated so highly for me? <laughs> yeah, those games are great. Um, except, well, because it never made any even sense. Then, that's yeah. that's the perfect. That's the only that's the thing that makes example. sense. That's the perfect example of GTA Five. I'm like, 
I that game is oh not goodness. a whatever Metacritic for me, but I I can't look at that score and be like this is wrong no, because it's, it, it's, it is that, an excellent game. And... Yeah, no, it's incorrect. <laughs> the, yeah, the scores for four and five are both significantly too high, especially when you think about how important. Especially that. four. Yeah, I. Look, I'm not a fan of Grand Theft Auto V, but I can look at it objectively and be like, I can see why it got those scores. The multiplayer? The multiplayer is why it got those scores. I think, the thing, got that, those, I think, think that became the thing that people liked it. five years later. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think the scores That's the only way that. I can see them getting the score. I is... Well, that's the thing. Like, There's a lot of people in the industry, let's say the riches of the world, the a lot of people that I personally follow that I do respect as journalists. Like, I know they're people, and they're going to have very subjective opinions on things, but... You know, I, I understand that most of the people I follow care about the medium a lot to where, like, I do, I am interested in what they have to say. And I think that's important. So I, I generally think that most journalists do have a lot of integrity when it comes to their reviews as far as, like, being honest. I believe that. You don't have to believe that. Yeah. I don't believe people are, like, bought out or, or shilled, generally speaking. So My favorite I, is, I, I, well, I did have, very rare, but I had the occasional person who would be like, oh, getting bought out by like Ubisoft or whatever again. And I just kind of wanted to be like, dude, come see my apartment and tell me that to my face. Yeah. No, no (laughs) one's getting bought out there. There is an awful lot of. We'll just stop asking you for reviews. If the reviews aren't good enough, but there's there's no money. Yes. Yes. You know, transferred there. It's all a matter of if you play nice with you with us, we'll play nice with you, but that's about it. Which like, it's and for other reasons that happens too. Like yeah. again, Ubisoft not wanting to deal with Kotaku is firmly again because I believe Jason Schreier leaked Assassin's Creed so many times that his 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 father in law must be the CEO and they're just talking about it at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, it does make me want to give uh, it and and it helps to know like the dude that gave uh, Persona Five like a nine point seven for IGN. He loves Persona, like he loves that. He's like Andrew Garf, uh, Goldfarb. He loves that Andrew shit Garfield? just about as much as <laughs> he loves that shit just about as much as Rich does. That doesn't mean if Rich gives Persona Six um, a game, he's just he's inflated. But it's just well, it, you know where he's coming from. You know he's coming, and you might start to see some reviews come out on the site. I know we have one planned already that's going to be labeled by Morgan as a second opinion. Because yes, Morgan yes. and I both reviewed it. And games like that especially are where I think second opinions are important. Because when you have the staff for it, I think it's really cool to put somebody like me, who absolutely adores Persona, on reviewing a game like Persona 5. And then also put someone who's never played a Persona game in their life. Mm-hmm. And just to see how see it, yeah. what the comparison is like. Yeah, because seeing how accessible it is to, to an outsider... That's that's super valuable. That's like interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Yeah, like no, no, no. I mean, like it's 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 valuable because they're gonna look at it in a completely different way. Like people like me were buying this game regardless of what I write about it. Yeah. Well, that and you're you're gonna you're gonna focus on different things coming into it. So, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I would be focusing like you're saying, like as a someone looking at it brand new you're just focusing on it for what it is like whereas mm-hmm. i might have a comparison of well they took this thing away that was in persona 4 and i don't really understand why they did that the i agree 100% the last thing i'll say i think if you guys have something else to say we can we, we just get out of our system but in response to that big comment from matt and i i respect matt's passion as one of our patrons and friends uh, and i appreciate anyone at any point it, you know give us your honest opinion no matter what it is um at the end when he said it's not what Sword Chomp is all about, I would say 
if we can make the review scale and the way we review games stay in line with what we are about, I think it can work because we are different now with rich, but also if, if like we're still working on that scale, I think we almost got it pretty much nailed down. Um, but it's, it's in line with kind of the sword chomp way of doing things in particular, the fact that we'll have written reviews with potentially second opinions that are video reviews and stuff like that. So it, I still think it will be in line with, and again, that's because Morgan do. does not know how to write. That's what I, yeah, that's actually what I, he's put actually in illiterate. My, <laughs> I, I put that in my intro and I skipped over it. I was like, I, where did I go wrong writing reviews? Oh yeah. Cause I, you have to have an understanding of yeah. English, you know, he has Siri language. transcribe all these for him. <laughs> <laughs> he just, just shouts them into the void. Siri, baby, are you ready? Mm-hmm. It it could be a cool thing because, like, especially for me, it gives That's me a chance to That's why every now and then you'll hear to... directions to somewhere right in the middle of a... Or just it'll be right like... Right in the middle I of a, a review. I didn't get that. <laughs> left turn in 500 yards. Like, what? What? You're going to the, the supermarket. Are you using your GPS? This time around... <laughs> That's pretty good. But yeah, it's gonna. it should be fun, and we'll see how it goes. Like Rich said, I mean... If people really hate it, then we don't have to stay with it. But it seems like there's an enthusiasm for it. And hopefully our patrons will at least, you know, give it a shot. If you're skeptical, see how it goes. Give it a shot. You know, Rich and me are both putting a lot of time and effort into these things that could help generate more excitement. If you don't see uh, the change you want, just send me a couple of death threats. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I'll get the message. I don't. I don't think that. Yeah, Matt. I mean, your your comment was great, but I think you need to amp it up from that. I wasn't implying that threat. Matt was, was sending you a death threat. <laughs> <laughs> and even if he did, I'd just be like, ah, you. I'd just be like, <laughs> uh, you, you. I hope it's not real. Um, no, honestly, like all those comments are great, and and I'm glad we could hopefully, you know, talk. You can see where we're coming from. Um, all right, so. That's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned to more review action. Let's sneak some polls in here in between some game talk. Um, one of the, I thought this would be funny. I said Far Cry 5 was the perfect game for the Trump era. 61% of our audience said yes. 39 said no. And that it was not um, fun. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was definitely. <laughs> what? The perfect game for the Trump era. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Certainly was. I don't know. I still um, give the I still give the shovels ever? ten out of ten. Good shovels. You know, great shovels. Amazing shovels. Best best shovels in gaming that year. Six point five out of ten. Too much water. That would have been a fun video review for me to do. Honestly, it's sad that that so long ago because I that was my first Far Cry game and I was like, man, these Far Cry games are pretty great. Morgan, you, you oh, give me a good opportunity here to address thing I've heard this all day. Huh. When Far Cry Six leaked, I put in our WhatsApp. I said, oh, it's set in Cuba, and then you said, no, it's set in Hong Kong. Where the fuck did you get that from? <laughs> Remember that picture? Well, somebody gave me bad information. I don't know. I thought it was like, that's why I was so baffled by it because I was well, like, oh, all right, maybe he knows something I don't. But every image of it was v- very Cuba. clearly screaming Cuba. Yeah, yeah. Which honestly to me is not as interesting. I've, but I think it's kind of more interesting because we're doing a very war torn Cuba. Yeah, I just, I like it whenever they do so. Like, Maybe it was just the selfish thing, but like them finally doing like America, I thought was really fun. But you know, whatever. They, where do you where do you think Hong Kong is? <laughs> you funny. Um, wasn't where was Persona Four? Where did that take place? In Tokyo. Oh, Persona Four. No. Oh, Persona Four took place. Oh, at a- oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Far Cry Four. I'm sorry. Uh, Far Cry Four took place in. 
I can't see the villain with the little white, the white hair. Guy. It was an, it was know. an Asian country. I can't remember what country. I'd have to look it up. Okay. An Asian I didn't play much of broad. it. Well, no, that's really? why I four. Get... You didn't play a lot of four. Oh, wow. Okay. I played the most of three. I played, I'd say three. enough of, uh, Karat, but it's a, it's a fictional country. I don't know what it's based off of. It's, it's in the Himalayas. I think that's one of those context things too, because some people were just kind of burnt out on the Far Cry formula, and I'm like, this is my first one. What are you talking about? Oh, mm-hmm. see, that's three is, I think even by like playing a few hours of fours, when I started to feel a little burned out, and then I yeah. basically didn't play five at all because I tried it and I was like, wow, Montana's yeah. just as boring in a video game as it probably is in the real world. Mm. What? <laughs> God damn it, Rich! Take no! Don't say terrible things like now that. Now I'll probably internet. play six because it's got star power, and uh, I'm interested in the setting. Five. We should. We should. We should co-op five. Five one time. It's. It's. it's there's a. Ugh. There's a mission in that game called Make Hope County Great Again. Dude, Come I on. don't have a lot of free time. You really think I'm gonna play Far Cry Five? Uh, you got me a lot more free time than you, I. You do. owe That's it to true. yourself to commit now to never playing uh, Far Cry Five. Jo- commit- Josh doesn't like any of the Far Cry games. So. I know, I just don't Take like... Take that for what... I, yeah. I'm not a uh, big you know fan I- of the series, but 5 in particular is just... You know what I don't get? Yeah, People who yeah, really Josh like wasn't feeling it. I missed it. I don't know. I don't have an opinion on... 2 seems like think- too... Much to me, like yeah, I, I think, I think uh, that's why people like it because it's so wonky. Like it but, leans, yeah. it leans into well, the well, system it, so much with it's like one of those things and, and stuff. Just, a friend was talking to me about it, and I was talking about Far Cry Three. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you got the wingsuit, you could do all sorts of wacky shit, and they're like, but, but in Far Cry Two, you got to make sure you polish your guns or they jam, and yeah. you can get malaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually like that. That actually sounds like something I would like. Yeah. You know what? Like, in, the, there was the, a wingsuit in were kinda, Five too. Like they, they really, they really focused on. It was very sim. Yeah, it was a survival sim. Okay, so you can trick this elephant into stampeding through a through an outpost or something like that, and like instead of fire over here in this part of a camp, and like it was, it was really it was whereas kind of in the at the time though that was pretty pretty yeah cool though like yeah pretty special three shifted into making you feel like a one man army which now is much less novel because that's what all Ubisoft games are yeah that's just yes exactly uh okay Rich I put this one up for you Persona four or five you can only pick one seventy percent of our audience went with Persona five it was kind of overwhelming that's because they haven't played four yeah I think that's because five is so much more popular I do I think that one because four is still better I I don't you think five ironed out some of the four is better four Four has a much stronger cast I love five I absolutely love it it's a fantastic game four has a much stronger cast the slice of life story like murder mystery is so intriguing. Uh, again, the main thing being like the the cast of characters from not just your party members, but like, um, Dojima and Nanako. I think, uh, I think Kanji is like one of the, and especially thinking back to the time of it, like a character struggling with sexuality, apart from some weird shit in his dungeon is handled so well, like remarkably well. And it's still one of my favorite story beats. Yeah, it's it's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's Persona Five really seems to be one that people love for whatever. Again, reason. I think it's I don't know, more I... people. A lot more people have played Persona Five than Persona yeah. Four, mm. and I think it's because of Four. Right. I think Four got enough word of mouth finally because it was pe- people talked about it for so long. Yeah, that when Five came out, I I don't remember people being excited before a Persona release until Five. Like other than the hardcore fans, 
Well, and yeah, there was a maybe. lot of people talking about Persona Five before. But by the release. time we've done this poll, so many people should have gone back and probably played four. You know. Well, but it's been hard to get a hold of that until recently. Like until the, very the, recently, the PC version of four just came out. Like, like it we, just a few became, short weeks ago. It just became easy to get a hold of again for for a wider audience. Yeah. Well, Golden did at least. I mean, you could always get a PS2 copy of Persona Four, but it's not the optimal version. And also, then you got to dig out a PS2 and play it on a PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem I had with it. I was enjoying it when I got it, but like it was just a pain in the ass playing my PS2 many, many years ago, and I just got distracted. But I did like what I played of Persona 4 at the beginning, um, for sure. I like the, the still murder crazy mystery me that was, was a, interesting. They skipped a generation between those. It doesn't seem like it was Isn't that, that long. Isn't that fucking wild? It, well, yeah. to be fair... Well, we got Catherine be, Persona on Persona 5 PS. was on PS3. Yeah, and Catherine was kind of yeah. their PS3 test dummy, so... I... Listen, Persona 4 is just... It still holds up so well for me. I've been on stream, as you guys know, going through a play of the PC version, and I still... All those character moments are fantastic. That... The the sleepy... Interestingly enough, I don't know a lot of people know this, Persona 5 is the first uh, Persona game that takes place in a real place in the Shibuya prefecture of uh, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Whereas four takes place in the fictional countryside town of Inaba. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, one more. Which franchise do you prefer? And I put franchise in there so Rich wouldn't be like, "You phrased this question misleading." Blah, blah, blah. You know I would. Mm-hmm. S- me and Shay talked about this for like an hour one day, and we were like so heartbroken. Sixty percent of our audience took Ratchet and Clank over the Spyro franchise. Good job, everybody. You know, and you you must you must be right. They must be holding all those shitty Spyro games against against them because uh, those yeah because there's like two good ones. Is wasn't there one with Elijah Wood doing the voice acting? I'm sure, sure there was. That sounds that, that God, sounds like it could be real. That does sound like it could be real. Yeah. Elijah Spyro Wood it, Elijah plays a lot of games. Uh, he does. Would, he's actually that's the best part of well not about he's, the best part. like he's made games at this point in his life, so he's yeah. definitely. He's it's so much fun playing as Elijah Wood in Broken Age. Like <laughs> Spyro New Beginnings. Yeah, he did do them. He did. Mm-hmm. I think I actually played that one. Was it on the GameCube? Uh Yeah, hold on. New Beginnings. Yeah, Spyro New Beginnings was actually on the GameCube, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or PS2. But it probably was yeah, I think there might have also been a GameCube version at that point. And that was not a good game you're saying? I don't remember enough about it to judge, but I would certainly argue that nobody talks about that game. There's a reason uh-huh. for it. Yeah, it is weird yeah, that it just everyone you tries forget to get it exists. Everyone tries to you know imagine that there are only Spyro games on the PS1. And the thing is, like even that, like when I played the remaster, like I got through one and Ripto's Rage, and then I started Year of the Dragon, and I was like, huh. Like no three, is, I don't really like Spyro three. I'll give you no. That. Most people um, don't. It's the one that like it's not terrible but it's not rip those rage is much better yeah i just there's just no i just the charm of like unleashing all those dragons is so cool in the first game but in the second one you don't really well you get baby dragons hatch those babies is that wait is the second one the one with the skateboard is that the third one the i believe bolt the second one has the skateboarding stuff for the first time but i think it comes back and you're the dragon I'm sorry. Once Spyro's on a skateboard you're you're losing me a little bit (laughs) okay that was was the first time i was listening Um, uh, although I love, which, as far as ratings go, Metal Gear is my the best favorite, on a skateboard. 
Naturally. <laughs> I mean, listen. Subsistence? I've watched there? some videos. That seems like the best part of Deadly Premonition 2. Man, I... Mm, see, now that kind of stuff does sell me on it, though. I'll be able... Uh, Speaking of which, that's you know, what's wrong with Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5. That they don't have the versions of it with just the complete nonsense side games. Well, they did their research and there's no skateboards in Baghdad. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's... Uh, I want to do some... And we'll keep these just to a few minutes or so. I just want to catch up on some games people have been playing. Um, Josh says he's been playing something called Shadow Tactics. Uh, you were streaming that, right? Uh, I streamed a little bit of it because uh, I was filling in for Shay on Saturday and didn't want to continue my playthrough of the, the Longest Journey series um, since it was a different day and I didn't know who all would be there in case somebody was only watching just for that, which unlikely considering it's that series and no one ever talks about it, even though it's like one of the best worlds ever built in video games is, uh, is the world building in The Longest Journey. Um, but that's quite a sentence that you put together. It's so good. It's so, so good. I hadn't played it in forever, but it's amazing writing, amazing world building. But, um, I've played this years and years ago. The one I was playing new this time was, uh, Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, which is a... Oh, they made the... the that company made the Commandos game? Yes, <laughs> it's very similar to that. It's it's a real-time stealth game, sort of like a... It's kind of like an RTS I love strategy time. game. Um, <laughs> sort of sort of deal, like you're, you know, isometric or, like, kind of... Not really isometric. It's like a top-down uh, strategy game, but you're controlling ninjas in... Uh, in individual units. Individual okay. units in here. Thus, um, the shadows. Mm-hmm. And it is really, really solid. It's got five characters in this in this first one that you can play as that all have different skills that will make them better in each each situation. So you have to kind of figure out how you're going to get through uh, each each of these areas. Um, from like, uh, there's there's an old guy who uh, is really slow and really loud and can't actually attack anybody head on but who's a All sniper sounds great but who's a sniper so you can use him kind of as a support character from a long way away and he ha- he has a pet tanuki that he can kind of use to uh to lure people what? around a tanuki a, a pet tanuki Morgan. I don't know what that is Are you familiar with tanuki mario? Yeah, you sh- you should know what mm. a tanuki is. It's the, it's the best power up. <sighs> sounds hot. Tanuki. Oh, the raccoon? No. No, the tanuki. tanuki. I don't know if you're familiar with Tom Nook. <laughs> you know, Tom Nook. Uh, Tanuki. Okay. Uh, Damn, is that a thing? Yeah, oh idiot. Yes. God. But any, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, had to, I, I like literally said it so enthusiastically and then felt bad about it immediately. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Tanuki. Oh, I just realized cute. that I probably insulted way too many listeners as well. And it's not as much fun as making fun of Morgan. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned something today. That's interesting. But um, yeah, like they're all different. Like, um, Didn't you ever play in Mario Kart 8 when you pick Tanuki Mario and he goes, Tanuki! <laughs> no. Wait, Josh's game came out three years ago? Yeah, it's an, it's an older game. Oh, I actually I got this on sale a while ago and decided to finally play it because um, 
I've been wanting to play you... Desperados 3, which is basically uh... the same sort of uh, RTS type stuff. Oh, it's thing. comparable to that. Okay. Yeah. I, I played a bunch of Desperados 3 when I was at PAX East this year because mm-hmm. I was trying to kill a half an hour and it was the only thing with no line. Mm-hmm. And I ended up actually really liking it. Yeah, it's the same sort of genre. It's that sort of top down rts but like like hero based rts sort of tactics this thing. is good actually because now i fully understand what you're describing about it being like real time instead and of stuff. just weirdly yeah. trying to yeah i know what you mean it's hard to it's hard to picture. pin down but now i'm like now i fully understand what you mean yeah yeah it's it's i've i've really been enjoying it it's interesting because like each of the each of the missions has um what it's like 12 different Essential, essentially achievements you can get for essential them. oils. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, for beating it in, in in different interesting ways. Um, for like you know playing it on hardcore or doing it in like a speed run sort of a thing for like going through it because like going through the game is yeah it's it's still difficult but it's not like the the hardest thing in the world. It's it's fairly long yeah. though. Like um, and then each that's of these, what she said. Each, each of these levels, they'll be like, um, actually, there, it was something that I, I noticed this when I was playing through Wildfire earlier in the year, where the levels themselves aren't super hard, but they have a lot of different things you can unlock by, by doing them in certain ways. Like each of the levels will have like a, uh, like a no kill achievement like, for it. And you get modifiers and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, you're, I played not as much of that game as you, but I played a little bit of it. And there were a lot of options as far as how you want to tackle stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I I really like that because it kind of makes the challenge as hard as you want it to be because like the last level in the game, um, like it's it's got a quick save feature that they prominently teach you about in the tutorial. Like this is this is a tough game. You're probably gonna want to save between like each one of the you know individual encounters going through a level. And I'm like, nah, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> So like they prominently show you that in the uh, the tor- in the the, the uh, tutorial, and then so like they teach you um, how to save scum. Yeah, they teach you how to save scum, and then some of the achievements are for only saving like one or two times through this entire mission. Um, That's interesting, and it like it's just to just to kind of challenge you to play it in different ways, and I really and that like also, that. That makes it seem less like a a cheating sort of, and almost like. Like the save system is a mechanic. Yeah, like, no, it, the it difficulty totally is built yeah. around it because, like, you get to the end of it and it shows you your time played, and it's your in-game time played, like how long you personally took to do it. So, like, even though if you just strung all your save scums together, it would have been like five minutes. You get to the end, and you're like, you've been in this level for four and a half hours, and you're like, holy Jeez. fuck, did, did I really save scum that much? And it, it's just, it's it's neat to look at. No, you know, it, it's it almost crazy, feels like Josh? a mechanic where you're you're checkpointing rather, yeah. like you have unlimited checkpoints that you can put mm-hmm. wherever you put where you, where you want it. Than, yeah, you know what's wild? That game actually just uh, Shadow Tactics game actually came out on PS4 too. It was on console, which is wild. Yeah, I think it's I think it's doable. It's not. It's, Desperados, you could definitely play on a console. Yeah, like it's it, there. There are oh. a few things that are easier outside of that because you can like transfer exactly to the character you want, and then just because you have more keys available, you're just you've got more precise control. But you also don't need it because they've got a really cool system that I like. Where um, in a lot of RTS games, you can queue up actions like go here, do this, and then once you accomplish that, go do this other thing. And in this one, it has it backwards, 
where you can select a thing you want to do at some point in the future for as many characters as you want. And then whenever you hit enter, it will finally actually give those commands to everyone else. So you can like, um, so like, I, I, I know after I do this set of things, I'm going to want you to kill this guy, you to kill this guy and you to run over this way and distract somebody else. Um, but it's almost like, like you're setting up a logic puzzle. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to like, I oh, I've got to I've got to take a screenshot or a, a video of it. There's a really cool section in the last level um, that is optional. Like you don't need to do it. You can easily sneak by it. But just as a challenge to myself, I wanted to see if I could take out this. It was a firing range of of or like an archery range with um, a bunch of guards training there. It was like eight archers and then like a samurai uh drilling them and then like two other guards on either side of them kind of just doing their own patrol thing and i've only got five Uh characters and i'm like i wonder if i could set this thing up in such a way that i could get in there and kill it'd be over before they've got a shot at doing yeah 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 and i'm like i bet i could do it i bet i could and like it took me like a half hour to finally set it up the way i wanted but I managed to do it. I managed to kill this entire, entire <laughs> so training. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's like it's just it's got this it's got this feeling of there's there's the puzzle, which is getting to the end of the level, but then so many other either self made or according to the achievements, other smaller puzzles. Like, okay, I want I I see this, that looks interesting. I, I wanna see if I can do this thing. And it's just really satisfying to do. Um PC Gamer gave it a 92 out of 100. It is. It is. How about that for a scale? A hundred point scale, baby. I mean, that makes as much sense as (laughs) as breaking it down to yeah, you know, a ten point anything scale. It's just yeah, yeah. I wonder why those. I would love to talk to those people and be like, I like the hundred the hundred point scale way better than the ten if you're going to give it any decimal points because it just it feels. I agree with you on there. It feels more honest. If you're using even half points or any decimal point, then you might as well have a hundred. Just points. add the extra <laughs> decimal point. Might yeah. as well just go all the way out. Yeah, yeah no. If uh, you're gonna, if you're gonna, it seems quantify- like a percentage at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're going to get that nitpicky about it, you might as well just grade it out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I like to use. The, yeah, yeah. I, I was telling Rich about that old game spot scale. I like to use that for fun sometimes. That's it's so. What I always cute. tell people when they shit on a six point five, I'm like sixty five passing score. uh cool well shout tactics um check it out if you're if you understood any of what josh and rich were talking about (laughs) then you'll probably uh, i do want to say that if you want to support us we're going to patreon.com slash sword chomp um a lot of the different things we go on have going on in our world right now number one at our five dollar tier um which is one of our more popular tiers you get access to our discord and our VIP Instagram page, which is a great compliment to the show. Inside jokes, secrets, videos. It's 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 a really cool thing. And the Discord channel is where Chomp Nation lives. Like and we try to check check in there as much as we can. So you get a Discord, you get the Instagram page. Also, we just launched a new podcast called Chomping After Dark that I'm gonna start promoting pretty heavily here. And it's a spoiler show, and you get access to spoiler podcasts much much earlier so you can find all this information on our website swordchomp.com and of course patreon.com slash swordchomp but again everything can be found at our website if you want to go there first if you just want like a hub to bounce around and uh yeah 
Chomp Nation is incredible. We love you. Even when you're yelling at us for writing reviews, uh, know that we love you and we are listening and we care. Um, Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. All right. So a couple more polls, then we're going to ask about ooblets. We're kind of rounding things up here. Love me some uh, ooblets. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I think I was at like a gathering and I was dipping, I was eating sour cream and onion. I was like, you know what? I think ride or die sour cream and onion would, it's not necessarily my favorite chip, but I think it's like the one chip I would go with if I could only eat one chip forever. So I asked our audience that and 71% of our audience said, yes, sour cream and onion would be their ride or die. Mm. Um, what would be your guys' one chip forever? It's the tortilla chip. But I'm 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 cutting that out of the running because it's not a potato chip. Yeah, and it's it's, it's obviously the fucking yeah. tortilla chip. Because um, you what's well, funny actually is it. yeah, that's cheap. I'm also <laughs> I'm also a fan of the corn chip, like mm. the Frito Lay corn chip, uh-huh. um, which is again technically not a potato chip. So I think we can take it out of the equation. Um, you get the scoops right, the tortilla scoops. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. What are you okay. fucking high? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that's why I'm buying yes, tortillas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, go ahead, finish your thought. Sorry, I interrupted. So you were weighing this poll as sour cream against what? Every single other chip in existence. Okay, whatever phrasing you used, like I that, thought that you, is crazy. Like, you were I talking about some it. weird Midwest chip. Well, I said ride or die, sour cream and onion versus the field chip battle. I so thought the it, field would be some weird, uh, like fucking flavoring a potato chip yeah. that you can only get in the Bible Belt that I would have never yeah, heard no. of. Yeah, no. What is that? What? <laughs> what? Brought the to you field. By it's a proper term. Come on. The field. <laughs> um, it just tastes like grass. <laughs> it's, you know, the sour cream and onion, I think, is a versatile chip. It really is. Like, I'm not saying it has to be your favorite. I prefer a spicier chip. I like, if it's like just me, a sour I prefer cream a and onion, chip. But I think I would go with a barbecue. Mm. Oh, no. no. I get the rich. That you can never... Uh, no, no. I was no. almost going to say salt and vinegar because I'm a masochist. Too sweet. Yeah, no, it's salt and vinegar. <laughs> the only other options. Oddly enough, sour cream is going to be prominent in there. It's either the sour cream and onion or the sa- the cheddar and sour cream. The, the, those are the good. The Ruffles cheddar and sour yeah, cream. The, the, yeah, the those ridges are ones. Good. Those are good. I like yeah. those. Yeah, I, lo- I love the Ruffles. They're solid, uh, yeah. This is also a very ca- Canadian thing, but I love an all-dressed Oh, God, chip. the all-dressed Ruffles are amazing. Yeah, oh, those yeah. are that, delicious. That, that would probably... Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's something to be said for just a original Ridges potato chip. And there's also... That's good because not quite as much as like a Tostitos tortilla chip. But it's still but very yeah. versatile. That, very versatile in terms yeah. of dips and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I think I, yeah. The, the only downside to the sour cream and onion is that it's not Ruffles. I... I, I, I like still, a lay yeah. sour cream and onion. I, I don't know, Josh. I've dipped, like, I like to dip the Lay's sour cream and onion in, like, salsa and stuff, and it's surprisingly good. It's like putting salsa on a potato, like a sour cream and onion potato, basically. See, the thing that, that troubles me with that is I would never do that in a salsa. The only thing I would dip a sour cream and onion chip in is sour cream, and that's just putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's, it's not bad. That's not bad. I would do that. But, like, I'm talking about, like, um, like a fresh salsa. Not like, uh, not there's anything wrong with the salsa you buy in the store, but I'm talking about, like, a paste or but a pecan. That's salsa. the thing. To to Josh's point, you got a, a regular plain ruffles. 
We can go anywhere with that. We can go salsa. Yeah. We can go uh, spinach dip. Mm-hmm. We could go with a nice queso dip. We could yeah. do. Uh, you can dip it in literally sour anything. Sour cream. And it's great. Yeah. Just like plain potato. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you yeah. got to. I just. You got the a good plain ice cream is you what like. gets me though. Yeah. You, you, uh, you dip some ruffles in there. Fucking gravy. Whatever you mm-hmm. want. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't quite go with. I will say, if I had to, my favorite chip is probably the the jalapeno Cheetos. Those are probably my favorite. I love those jalapeno chip? Cheetos. Cheetos are not. That's a chip. not a chip. The oh, jalapeno God. Cheetos are amazing. <laughs> they're far better they're than delicious, the. They're uh, delicious, but they're not a chip. Yeah, they're they're hard. They're far better than the regular spicy Cheetos, like the the red hot whatever they are. But the the jalapeno Cheetos are yeah. excellent. That's not a chip. That's, that's a cheese based snack. Mm-hmm. Like that's a totally different. That's its own category. I'd even cheese stand here and let you more of an make more of an argument to compare like a cheese it to a Cheeto than a Ruffles potato chip. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll have that for another day. It's too bad Shay couldn't be here because I said, could Abby get that buff in the apocalypse in The Last of Us 2? 82% of our audience said yes, she could get yeah. that. That's, no, that's she, a, yeah. yes, she could. With the resources she had, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is nice. Na- yeah, I, I was giving him shit oh, at the ahead. time for that one. <laughs> but yeah. I Well, I stopped there last night and I stared at the gym for like 10 minutes and looked at all the people working. I'm like, look, there's a gym right there. There's people working out. Um. Anyways, our audience. You should have just gotten like, aggressive with it and been like, dude, look, I know you have this opinion, but if you thought that you could just shut up. We had, we, <laughs> we had, we had, Shay respond to some guy who like left this long post on our Instagram about how it was like, he was a bodybuilder and it was scientifically impossible. And he was going on all this stuff about like science and genetics and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. Sound like a bunch of hogwash to me. And, 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 then, and then you look the at literally the body model for Abby and you're like, oh. Oh, there she is. There's, there's the person, like the actual body model for this character yeah. is right, right there. Huh, a real, look- it's a real human lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh, sorry, won't like this one as much. I am sorry. Eighty percent of our audience did like Jesse as a character in The Last of Us too. Yeah. Well, they don't um, keep him around long enough for you I to also- hate him. I, I don't think Josh was... I was going to message you about this morning, actually. I don't think Josh's argument was that, like, he's a shit-tier character. Like... Sure, he's a well, nice you enough the, guy. You missed the podcast like that, a shit tier character. <laughs> well, you missed the podcast where Josh said he was a shit character. But uh, you, you I thought I was there one. for that. Uh, no, that was the one where me and Josh got into a big, a big fight. Oh, legendary. right, right, right. Um, I know it's interesting. I just wanted to know how people perceive Jesse. Like, if it was a positive or negative thing. Like, was it neutral? I don't think he's uh, around long enough for you to have any negative feelings about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he seems well, like a stand-up guy, and then he's gone. Look, man, I don't got to be around people very long yeah. for them to have negative feelings about me. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You make a very strong first impression. Jesse seems more reserved. <laughs> he does. He's quiet. And they do sort of hint at a sort of uh, hidden uh, affection he has for Ellie. Uh, like a hidden Yeah, romance. yeah, yeah. I, I remember we um, talked about this last I, time. I, I, I definitely scene. agree with that. I was going through that part last night or a couple nights ago where Ellie's like, oh, Joel thought that we I had a crush on you or you had a crush on me. And I forget what he says, but he's like, oh, really? And you're just like, you can hear it in his voice where he's like, yeah, I kind of do. Um, they don't play for maybe. the same team, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Which is all, you know. There's really no way around that. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> Nope. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for the polls. There was a lot of fun ones this week because we already did the review ones. Um, what the fuck is an ooblet? Oh, my God. Uh, I've been following this for quite a while at this point, um, uh-huh. and I wasn't paying close attention, and then I saw suddenly it was dropping uh, in early access. 
I'm okay. playing the uh, the PC version on the Epic Game Store. Though I should note, it's on Xbox Game Pass. Um, oh, okay. For anyone interested. Ooblets on its surface is another uh, slice of life farming sim. And really? Okay, games... so it's Stardew Valley. Well, let me get to what's different about it, because <laughs> there's some big differences, and I fucking... The funnier part being is I knew about some of the differences, obviously. Um, one of the main differences is the titular ooblets, which are these little, uh, I guess, almost like Pokemon in nature, little little monster guys that follow you around. Uh-huh. And in your farming, you can get ooblet seeds and plant them. And okay. new ooblets will hatch and they will follow you around. There's even shinies, like they're shiny ooblets. What? Uh, so are they rare? Yes. You're encouraged oh. to kind of... Uh, track the shiny ones uh one of my favorite things about the game actually is every morning when you wake up because it is that stardew valley type system there'll be a screen where it'll be like these ooblets were spotted in town today so you can kind of have an idea of be like oh that shiny uh that shiny lump stump is hanging around i should go try and find him uh so well, it's so what you if i could ask you like these so they're like these little living like they're yes. creatures that you plant they grow other creatures is yes that correct well no no okay. You get seeds from them to grow one of that type of ooblet. If I get a okay. one of the ooblets is a a creature called lump stump. If I get a, a seed from a shiny ooblet, it will, oh, a shiny lump, lump stump. stump. <laughs> it will grow a shiny lump stump. I got a lump stump for you. Um, and that's all. That's all I got. Yeah, I'm gonna move on from that. Mm. Uh, like everyone so else it, who's been given that offer. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So it has all that farming stuff and uh, the that sort of progression and like helping out the town. You, you live on this farm just outside of the town. The first thing I'll say that's probably going to draw people in, the art is amazing. It's just like this warm, lively, bright, colorful thing. The music is great. Everybody's always kind of like swaying and dancing like there's a liveliness to it. Um, The most interesting part is a thing I didn't even know was in the game until I fired it up. There's a battle system for the ooblets, uh, which what? is how you get the seeds. Now, ooblets are not violent creatures. Like I okay. said, everyone's always dancing. Um, <laughs> so you have dance-offs. Oh, dance-offs. Um, okay. But what happens basically is, based off the ooblets in your party and their level, uh, you get, you're playing a card game, basically. You get cards with different dance moves. You have a certain amount of beats per round, and each card uh, requires a certain amount of beats to play. And the first to a certain point value wins the dance off. And you'll have cards that will do things like steal points from the enemy team. Uh, they'll stun the enemy team for a turn. Some will just straight up give you a point value. Uh, and the more you level up the ooblets, the more new cards get added into their rotation. Um, and as you you know start to build a different team, you then can leave certain ooblets to like hang out on your farm and bring certain ones with you. It's in early access, so I've probably played like six hours at this point. Um, and I'm starting. I'm starting to early do early access. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to. So it's not a real game yet. It's a. Fa- it's more real than that fucking one Kojima made. <gasps> uh, and, wow! Wow! Yeah, this is like I had fun playing this. Uh, I just wanted to bait Rich into talking about this. I just, I just really like to shit on it when I can now. Like, I don't even have that strong of a feeling for it. I just love doing that. <laughs> um, That's what happens on on this show. You just end up getting trapped. In I it. am actually going... This is probably going to be my first early access review for the site. Uh, we can talk about that when I'm done with it, because Morgan and I have already decided early access reviews will work a bit differently. 
Um, but if you like those sort of semi games, I feel like the layer, the extra layer on top of this, mm-hmm. uh, just adds so much fun playability to it. Like I love doing the Ooblet battles. Um, I'm almost getting like Viva Pinata vibes when you're talking about it. Like that sort of charm. In terms of, of the like the art and the, the charm of it, I would yeah, say. Is- it very, very much falls in, the, in, in the same sort of like the spirit of Viva yeah, Pinata. yeah, just like super charming to a fault. Mm-hmm. And it has the all the farming stuff and the like upgrading your home and buying furniture and clothes mm-hmm. and mm, tricking I villagers try, should... into into becoming your your spouse. I'm gonna have to play yeah, that this week. I that actually sounds villagers. like something I would like. It uh, it's on Game Pass. Uh, it's twenty five dollars in early access on. Uh, yep. Epic, and despite my ability to play it on Game Pass, I know how I am with these simi games, and that I will like have Netflix on my computer while I'm playing games like this and just lose myself. So I bought yeah. the PC version. Yeah, yeah. Multitaskers. I'm still, I'm still probably waiting for the Steam version of this one, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. It depends how much later that ends up being. I knew I would like it, but I definitely. Especially at like this first build, I like it even more than I thought I would. So I'm excited for them to mm-hmm. uh, add new content. Yeah, I, I was yeah. telling I was telling you this, but uh, I was sure I backed this game, but uh, apparently, apparently, I was poor at the time, and this one actually didn't back. That I've been following it as is as if I had backed it, but I from apparently the, the have first not. moment I saw a screenshot of it, I've been following this game. And uh, last night while playing, I unlocked, which is now my favorite part of it, is I finished renovating the dance barn, um, oh, which okay. every day there's now um, an ooblet dance tournament in the barn. <laughs> and so, if my wife like really loves like Stardew Valley, and she would she like lo- this, and the, you the, think so? Okay. Yeah, the card game mechanics are very basic, and I think they're really easy to get on board with. If you want to do the dance bar and stuff, that's where they start to get a little more complicated because the tournaments will have like specific rules. Yeah. Whereas, mm-hmm. um, like the one but I, you can just focus on like your farm, like just upgrading. You can one hundred percent just focus on your okay. farm. There, there's a million different uh resources you're constantly like there's like three different ones you get for doing different things um there's like i think it's called quibi which is basic money you get for selling crops and stuff like that and then there's um there's badges you get for completing milestones there's some of my favorite writing is around the badges because the mayor always sends one of her ooblets with a letter um with your badge i've seen quibi isn't that the 10 minute story app where you watch those movies that are like 10 minutes long an episode it's something like that whatever it is it's already gone under yeah um (laughs) yeah no yeah that instantly defunct platform that thing that made no sense Mm -hmm. uh because it launched right when everybody got stuck in their houses yeah uh it's like wouldn't you like to watch something for 10 minutes while you're waiting in line on the the go and like we don't know we don't wait on lines anymore (laughs) no i would not (laughs) we don't have those stand in Uh, a line what is this 2019 I, 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 the mayor sends one of her ooblets with the badge for you. Like it runs up to you with a letter in its mouth. And by the time you get like the seventh one, the letter's like, I don't know why I keep sending these to you. I should really just have you come pick them up. Uh, <laughs> and th- again, like it's got that charming writing, that charming look. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, that's what I was trying to explain to you. How the dance barn differs. Uh, the first dance tournament I did, for example, there are certain cards in your hand that are specific to the ooblets in your party and others that are just generic cards. They're, like, they're signature cards, signature moves for a certain ooblet. And the rule in the tournament uh, I did yesterday was you can only use signature move cards. Mm. So it kind of, like, it 
And signature move cards typically take more beats to play, so it had you be a little bit more selective about what you're going to do. But also as a consequence of that, like, you could get a really good hand and win in, like, two turns. And it was, like, way more strategic. Hmm. Interesting. Ooblets. Ooblets is great. Ooblets! Maybe maybe the name is a little... Uh, gonna throw people off, but... I don't think so. <laughs> Ooh. I got a little flute I play, and my Ooblets <laughs> dance when I play it. It's pretty great. Maybe a, re- maybe a recorder, just to bring it back around. It's uh, it's very similar to a recorder. It kind of looks like the pokey flute. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bong. <laughs> and I was like, this That's game you... is lit. Is there a fat sleeping ooblet you have to wake up by chance? Not that I've seen. Okay. Um, right. And I should tell people as a note, uh, when you first get to uh, the town in ooblets, you need to pick an ooblet club to join. Uh, I picked the outdoorsy club, and I got shroomrish as my starting ooblet. Mm. Shroomish. Oh, that sounds like a, they're almost a shroomish. Is there uh, fishing? Yes, there is. <gasps> oh my god. Okay. All right. I'm, in fact, I'm definitely... it's one of the best bait systems I've seen in a game like this, uh, because bait takes up no inventory space. Basically, right by the dock, there's a machine called a. I think it's called like a reusinator or something. And you can a put masturbator nine thousand. You can put trash or I just ignored that. Uh, <laughs> you can put trash or any items you're not using or selling into it, and it just turns them into fish bait, huh. which is then it doesn't take up inventory space. Like when you're fishing, you just have access to the bait that is on hand. I like the idea of you dumping trash into something and it makes the artificial lure. Which is Especially nice. since usually what I'm dumping in is just a bunch of tin cans I found on the ground. <laughs> uh, at least it didn't create like live bait. That would have been a little weird. Con- conceptually so cool I mean, ooblets uh i actually gonna probably check that out too i'll, I'll talk to my wife about that this sounds like something she'd like she's I mean, always looking especially for. think of it this way it's on game pass it's sitting there yeah, for you to play yeah, one yeah. way or the other so that's true it's true but she has a new pc so she likes to play games on her new laptop all right well uh it's been fun um again if you want to support us please go to swordchomp.com 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 you can find our patreon link there um as well as a million other amazing things you can check out that's not true there's not a million amazing things there's like four (laughs) right now there's like four or five it's like a million um we're working on a sixth Mm -hmm. and uh i want to thank rich for being here from new york not new jersey josh from (laughs) Uh, Michigan, of course, I'm here from Montana. And next week, we'll be back to talk uh, some more stuff. And sorry we didn't have any Ghost of Tsushima impressions. We'll save those for yeah. next week. Morgan and I both only played about an hour, so it didn't seem worthwhile. Yeah. Nice title card. That's all I have to say. Um, and we'll see you next week for an all-new Chompcast. So long. <laughs>